Hey there, and welcome to episode 10 of the All For Us podcast. Again, I cannot say thank you enough for all the um, people that reached out to me and listened to my podcast. Um, I'm actually quite like enjoying watching the, uh, the, sti- the statistics and things on the app that you get. Just like seeing like what genders are watching it and you know what parts of the world are, are watching as well. Like it's any age groups and yeah, it it is quite interesting and it's um you know it's something that I'm trying not to get too hooked on because you know it's one of them ones where you can see it quite, getting quite addictive, can't you? But yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it and I just feel good knowing that I'm helping people. Really, to sum it up. Uh, but yeah, today we're gonna have a crack about um getting back to our roots and evolutionary psychology and understanding our primitive needs so this is a subject that i'm absolutely fascinated about i've watched and listened to probably i'd say close to maybe 20 odd podcasts now about about this really and it's something that i've been passionate about for years and yeah i'll I'll give you some sort of books and podcasts as well at the end of the episode to you know sort of if you want to do some deep diving on it, you'll be able to go into it as well because it is so fascinating and it's something that makes a lot of sense, especially more so in this day and age, the way modern technologies are, the way a lot of people have got like addictions and lends itself to a life of pleasure and avoiding things. And yeah, so I'm going to go into detail about it all and see what you think. So there's a good quote that I like um, and it kind of, Makes a lot of sense. So it's basically just, if we forget what we've been taught, we'll remember what we've always known. Now that to me makes a lot of sense because it's like, we get handed out a path within society of, you know, you should do this, you should do that. You know, you've got to be this by the time you're 30. You know, like, who says? You know what I mean? Like, who says this, eh? Like, just because... The collective are doing it, or social media says, or the news says, or the media says, or, you know, somebody's put on social media that that's the popular thing to do. Like, ultimately, you've got to do what's true to yourself. And I think what's true to yourself isn't something that you hear or read or, you know, the collective are doing or a celebrity is doing. It's something that you feel Something that's intuitive, something that's deeper than any path that's been handed out by society. Because the modern day society, social media, you know, magazines, celebrities, that's only been on the go for like, I would say, 100 years or so, really, hasn't it? Like the sort of rise of technology and things. Like, you know, even less so the likes of social media, isn't it, really? Certainly in my lifetime, I've seen, like, the rise of social media and Instagram and the celebrity influence and stuff. But we have spent thousands and thousands of years evolving as humans from apes. Do you know? Like, from ape, literally from apes. Like, we are still 99% equivalent genetically and from our DNA as apes. And... Like, we've spent thousands of years as hunter-gatherers, you know, living in tribes and hunting things, living in caves. And the modern-day society is just an absolute drop in the ocean compared to what we are primitively driven and hardwired to be like. And there's a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari, and 
me and my mate Stu, who've done a podcast with, he talks about it as well. It's just unbelievable. It's it's the one book that you should probably read um, to get a holistic knowledge on everything to do with mental health, everything to do with social lives, everything to do with pleasure and, you know, understanding today's sort of society really and, and understanding your part in it but how you're driven to behave in other ways. So they talk about on that called the primitive deficit and the primitive deficit is essentially a method that they now use to understand and diagnose depression um, or any other mental, mental sort of um, mental health issues and things such as anxiety and sort of general low mood and you know, if you're just feeling a bit lost, really, it's called the primitive deficit. And what they do is they see how far you have strayed from your so-called primitive needs. So if you're spending your life playing on the computer every day, sat indoors, using artificial light, not really speaking to people face-to-face, in person, you're not really part of any groups, you are setting up your life just to seek pleasure all the time whether that's through fast foods or watching porn or you know retail therapy and your life is heavily sort of the scale is heavily pushed towards that artificial pleasure seeking life now a lot of kids growing up are, are very much like that they're living off screens and a lot of adults are now working like that all the time. We, we don't see people face-to-face as much. We, we sort of just see people on screens. And that is pushing our primitive deficit massively. It's, it's sort of tipping the scales more to artificial pleasure-seeking, social media, away from our roots. Now, our roots are getting out in nature, seeing the natural light, you know, Waking up with the sunlight, I'm not, you know, don't get this wrong, I'm not suggesting we all get up every morning for the sunrise and stuff, And but getting some natural light, seeking those vast horizons, you know, not just being fixed on screens, and there's a reason for that, and I'll get into that later, but getting out in nature, being among greenery rather than, like, office environments all the time, do overcoming challenges, proving yourself as a human, not just like seeking life of pleasure and connecting with people, being in a community, in a group, like whether that's like just going to a CrossFit class or being in around people in a gym or a social environment, vibing off them in people, in person. Like there's only so much you can get over Zoom. Like you don't just see people, you feel people. I've said that before, but when you're with people face-to-face and you're in that collective environment, there's something going on there. Like, th- that matters. Like, you are feeling all their emotions, you're connecting to them, and you can't get that, you can't replicate that on the computer, you really can't. So, essentially, it's, this primitive deficit is looking at your life, seeing which side of the scales they're mostly tipped at, and getting more balance. And if anything, pushing it more towards your primitive needs because we've spent longer like that. So if anything, you should set up your life to be more back to your roots than more fucking society-driven like the way it is now. And, you know, it's like this. This was off. This was on one of the podcasts I listened to recently and it was, our today's society is like a goldfish in a bowl. The goldfish isn't meant to be in the bowl. It's meant to be in vast waters. So society is trying to push us into our goldfish bowl 
Whereas we want to be out in vast waters and that's where we grow. Like a goldfish only stays small in a goldfish bowl because of its environment and its bowl that's keeping it suppressed. Whereas when it's in a natural environment in the in the waters, it'll grow. Like it'll grow massive. Um it's crazy. That is you know, when I heard that I was like, wow, this is that just rings true, doesn't it, in a lot of things in society. When you are back to your roots and living how you are meant to live, you will thrive, I promise you. And to be honest, I've set my life up in a way where I am getting out in nature, trying to connect with people more often, and, you know, moving, moving my body. And there's reasons for that. Like, there is reasons for that, that you should move. You're expressing yourself. You're sort of getting rid of emotions in your body. Like, we live in a time now where... The look look at anger, right? We're all we all live a life where we are kinda of like we get stressed and stuff and anger gets kinda of banished. Like you shouldn't be ang- angry. But anger gets stored in your body and more specifically it stores in in your liver. So you need to express that. You need to channel that energy, otherwise that energy will become trapped and manifest as pain later on. So I'm not saying you need to bloody shout and goller at people and, and get angry at people you don't you just need to recognize that it's a stored emotion that needs expressed so you can channel that in the gym you can go boxing you can dance you can do something expressive with the body that's why you know look at when we were tribes I always go back to your roots what were we doing we were dancing around campfires like we were that is not like a cliche thing we were dancing around campfires you know, chanting things, humming, singing, expressing ourselves, and and that's how we meant to live. And yeah, I've kind of went off on a tangent, so I'm just going to look at my notes because I wrote a bit of a structure down. So yeah, we are 99.9% equivalent to apes. Now we can tell that straight away from our brain, with how our brain operates. We've got two parts of our brain. We've got the rational side of the brain, which is educated, which is conforms with society and, you know, it's very sort of, it's got willpower, it's got morals, um, you know, it sets itself up to live a life that's kind of like sensible and, you know, it's important, we need it, we need the, the rational side of the brain, we call it the computer side of the brain, it's educated by society and it's important. And then we've got our chimp side of the brain. Now the chimp side of the brain is impulsive, it, it will binge on the cookies. But the reason for that is because it doesn't know when it's going to eat next. So it's going to hoard all the food and binge. It's irrational. It's selfish. The reason it's selfish is because it's put on the planet to procreate its genes and pass them on. So your chimp side is very much how you behaved when you were a chimp, basically. Just, you know, it'll be aggressive. It'll be selfish. It's looking for its selfish needs, isn't it? Because that's all, it's only put on the planet to survive. You know, it's just going to survive. So it's going to it's gonna be impulsive. It's going to be irrational. It's probably going to be snappy and angry. It's just your little chimp. That's what it is. It's your chimp side of your brain. And we've got that. It's important that we recognise that. And have the awareness of it, really. And that's where, like, if you've got some of your behaviours and you maybe are being a bit irrational or being a bit sort of... You may have been eating or, or whatever or being a bit selfish. It's recognising that you've got your chimp side of your brain. And you need to understand the balance so it's like you're almost it sounds absolutely daft this but you're almost speaking to yourself so if you've got a you're in a room right and there's some cookies on the table 
your chimp's going to be like, oh, just eat all the cookies, eat them all, go on, eat them all. You never know when you're going to eat next. We need to survive, eat the cookies. Where your computer side of your brain, your rational side can step in and go, no, come on, we're all right. We don't need that. Like, I'm not suggesting you have conversations with yourself in public because that'll just look daft. But conversation going on in your head of, no, we don't need that. We can, you know, we can have the um, sacrifice in the moment and we'll, we'll have some later on at the weekend or something. Now, I'm not saying that you've got to do that all the time. It's a, it's a rational decision that as long as you're conscious of that decision and you're having the cookie on your terms, great. By, by all means, eat a cookie. It's fine. Eat, eat five cookies. Whatever you want to do, do it. But do it through your rational brain. Don't do it through your subliminal chimp brain that's just going to eat them on autopilot and then before you know it, you've just looked up and you've had 10 bags of cookies. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is essentially what you're understanding here. Understand... You have got a part of your brain that's like a chimp and a part of your brain that's like a rational human. And it's a constant conversation between the two. And yeah, just understand that and let your chimp out now and again. You know, you need to sort of, what's the word? You need to soothe it. You know, you do. You need to soothe it and think, right, okay, that's just my chimp. It's given us a sign here that it's, you know, it's it's been a bit impulsive. And you can channel that because all it is, it's energy. You can channel that by... Whether that's a little bit of breath work to calm yourself down, get yourself in a nice state of rest and digest rather than like panic. Because a lot of the time your chimp comes out because it senses fear. It senses like the environment's going to be like, you know, we're in a state of fight or flight. So we need to hoard as much as we can here and, you know, eat all them cookies because we think we're going to starve. And a lot of the time people are living their lives in these mild states of panic. So they are living their lives in the chimp mode. And that's why they make all these irrational, selfish decisions, because they're living their life through the chimp, because they're in fear. Where we can educate ourselves and calm ourselves down with our breath and think, no, you know, I'm not at fear. I'm not at danger. Like, there's not going to... Woolly Mammoth isn't going to come and fucking kill me now. I'm fine. Perfectly fine. Like, soothe yourself. Get yourself back into the rational state and be like, you know, it's fine. I'm all right. And... And that's what it is. It's it's just realising that we've spent thousands of years in survival, running away from woolly mammoths, trying to pass our genes on, evolving. That's what it is, evolutionary psychology. It's, it's understanding how we evolved. We've spent thousands of years, so our bodies and our brains are hardwired to think that there's woolly mammoths still chasing us or, you know, the equivalent, or that when we do feel panic or feel fear, like... You know, he thinks that we're going to die, but in actual fact, we've just got panic because we have to do a public speaking event at work, or we've just got an email we don't like. So it's it's understanding and educating yourself that we are primitively wired, but we live in a modern day world, and, and we live in a world now where luxuries and pleasures are so available to us, and if anything now, we're more at risk of becoming too comfortable and that's the issue here like we're wired to survive and we're wired to overcome challenges but we live in a world that's too comfortable so try and make sense of that like you can literally get a pizza anytime you want by typing a few numbers in on your phone or you know pressing the few buttons on your phone you can literally get potential love match by swiping right on you know left or right i don't know don't use that but you know you can literally go on an online app and match with somebody and meet them like you can get some clothes landing on on your door in a couple of days time by going on the internet like 
these things are available to us on tap and, and they're filling our lives with pleasure when we are hardwired for sort of overcoming things and proving ourselves and, and sort of, yeah, like overcoming difficult challenges. Like we, believe it or not, we aren't supposed to be happy <clears throat> all the time. We aren't because if we were happy all the time, we wouldn't have evolved to get to where we are now. We just wouldn't because like the reason we have anxiety is for survival because it's to get you up off your bum and think, right, okay, I'm in fear here. I need to get up off my bum and run away. Like I need to fight or I need to, you know, salvage something here or go and hunt or do something where I'm going to like survive something and overcome a challenge so that I can pass my genes on. It's, you know, survival of the fittest. You've all heard of that, survival of the fittest. Um, whereas if we were sat around being happy all the time, we would just, we would soon die, wouldn't we? Because somebody would come along and, and kill us and, like, we just wouldn't be bothered. So it's like understanding that having a little bit of anxiety, having a little bit of a fear is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we are wired to have that. But we can then rationalise that in the modern world and think, well, if I was happy all the time, like I would I would get pissed off, wouldn't I? Like I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be proving myself. I wouldn't be overcoming anything. I would feel like no self-worth really, wouldn't I? Like I would soon get bored because I'd have nothing to compare it to. It's like you only appreciate happiness if you've been sad. You know, you only appreciate sort of pleasures if you've had some pain. Like, and it makes a lot of sense, it really does. Um, so yeah, exercise your chimp side of your brain, acknowledge it, know that it's there. It's like anything, you know, education is key. If you've got this education, like these things here that we're talking about today have saved my life. They've literally rescued me from me thinking I was a complete and utter loony, or I was going insane, to somebody who understands that, you know, it's fine, like it's how you're wired, and soothing yourself and having that confidence to sort of help others as well really you know like pass this message on because it's important um so yeah let's have a quick look at my notes um right so anxiety it's a safety mechanism fight or flight it's nothing to beat ourselves up about it's a process that's going on in your body because at some point in our lives we've had a fear that we are projecting onto the now and it's robbing us of our opportunity to change. That's a very, very powerful quote that I heard from Peter Crone. And it's essentially, you've experienced something in the past that's stored a memory in your body. You are then in a new moment in the present and you're projecting that memory onto the now and it's preventing you moving on. You can choose to tell yourself a different story. You can choose to tell yourself a, and frame it in another way which will help you move on and help you to understand that anxiety is just a memory that you're projecting onto the now that's causing your body to behave in a way that's, you know, it's how we're wired from the past. So understand that anxiety is just a process in the body. It's just a feeling. You can frame that. It, literally, if you look at anxiety or you look at, at, at excitement, they're both probably the same thing that's going on in the body, but you're framing it in a way that's fearful rather than like, faith or enjoyment or something good could happen from this or the other side of this fear could be fulfillment so you know if you look at taking it back to our roots taking it back to animals 
if you look at a gazelle that's running away from a lion, one of them's running for its life, one of them's chasing. The Both of them are experiencing the same thing in the body. It's just a, a sort of process that's going on energy-wise within the body. So I guess like anxiety, understand that it's just a process in the body that you're feeling, that you can move on and just experience it. They reckon that like the likes of anxiety and the likes of when you're triggered the process within the body lasts about 90 seconds and then it moves on. And then everything else after that is just how we're framing it and how we choose to see it. Um, so yeah, anxiety. Look at depression as well. This is another one. Depression is actually there as a whisper to save us, to protect us. Because a lot of people live their lives not feeling things fully. So we just refuse to feel our emotions because we think it keeps us strong. So... What happens is, after a while, after a while of you avoiding your emotions, right, your body thinks to itself, oh, well, not feeling these emotions. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll turn the tap down and I'll just turn things to feel more numb because they're not feeling things. So your vagus nerve um, behaves in a way where it does this, it's got this numbing effect. So you don't feel anything. You feel really numb. And that's why people say a lot of depression is just feeling that, like, numbness and that like dullness of just nothingness it's like you'd rather feel something than nothing and that's why I've been depressed myself that's exactly how I would describe it just feeling nothing like a disconnected dullness of anything like that's why you know they dare say that like a lot of people who are depressed go to like self-harming and and things like that because they're, they're trying to feel something they're trying to feel some kind of thrill or some kind of anything is better than nothing and that's why, again, understand depression, understand that it is our body's way of telling you not to suppress things. Because if you look at the word depression, we are keeping something depressed and it's our emotions. We are refusing to feel our emotions to the point where our, our body eventually gets sick of us and thinks, right, they're not feeling things, I'll turn everything to numb. And that, to me, was a very powerful lesson. Um, so, yeah. Again, let's look at signalling. Signalling is another part of how we're wired. <clears throat> so, if you look at like a peacock, right? They call it peacocking. Like it's got this tail, pushes out its feathers. It's doing that because it wants to be accepted. It wants to mate with a partner and pass its genes on. It's doing something. That's how it's primitively wired to do. We've got traits like that in our in ourselves as humans that passed to us when we were fucking apes. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot in this episode. I've just noticed that. <laughs> I do apologise. I guess it's just because I'm passionate about it. But yeah, look at social media. We want to prove ourselves. We want to put our best sort of face forward to the point where now people use filters and they're putting a fake self forward. But it's just because our need is to be accepted by society and we want to be part of a group because it's how we're wired. You know, the hierarchy, we want to be better than people because we're the higher we are up the hierarchy, when we were apes or when we were cavemen or whatever you want to say, the higher we were up the hierarchy, we wouldn't die, you know, because we were, like, safe, we were, like, had some worth. And everything that we've got now is signalling in some way, whether that's, like, virtue signalling. So if you look at it, most of our, our motives in life come from some deep-rooted way of trying to prove ourselves in the hierarchy of society so that we feel accepted and part of something. And, and it's just a, it's a survival technique. It's our way of proving 
that you matter so that we're not going to like be banished by society or have no friends or back in the days we would have probably lost our lives because we had no sort of you know we were lower down in the in the hierarchy of our group um <clears throat> so yeah it's just proven ourselves in a way to show that we matter and we carry some worth but again we can channel that as well it's it's understanding that tailoring it down to a point where you feel like you know you're not belittling other people by doing so you are doing it in a way of recognizing that one of our main needs is to be part of a group but it's not because we're not we're going to die now we're not going to like you know, we're not at risk of losing our lives. We just want to be accepted so that we've got social skills, so that we can connect with others authentically. And by seeing the effect we have on others, we get self-worth because we see that we matter. Um, that's why kindness is so important. You know, by being kind to others, we see the effect we have on others' lives, which then proves to ourselves that we matter. Um, you know, if that's not an incentive to be kind, then I don't know what is. Um, it's the it's a selfless thing that gets so many rewards like you're not going into anything transactionally you're not going to anything selfishly and thinking oh i'll tell you what i'll meet you for a coffee or i'll meet you for this but what am i getting out of it you're just being with somebody and you're being kind and you're affecting somebody's life in a positive way but you're getting 10 times the rewards as well because you're seeing that you matter in somebody else's life um but yeah, I don't, I'm not saying that to be selfishly kind and only be kind because you're going to get that back. I'm just saying that, that kindness is just such a good trait to have because it matters in so many ways. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm going to go back to, if you look at how we've been wired for billions of years, right? Look at the hunter-gathering. So have you heard of hunter-gathering, right? So the men were traditionally going out hunting. Okay, we were picking up the food and we were coming back and we were killing the woolly mammoths or whatever we hunted at the day. And we were bringing it back to our caves. And, you know, the women were gathering, they were nest building, they were nurturing the children. That is essentially, it's deep-rooted in us, you know. I'm not saying that men should be going out doing this and women should be going out doing that. It's just understanding our roots. It's understanding that there's a reason why a man now is very... Generally speaking, I'm not I'm not saying there isn't outliers within this, but generally speaking, a man is very sort of linear sort of minded in terms of factual, right? What's the job? What do I need to do? Let's get out and do that. Done, right? Okay, there you go. I've got your food. Done. Very factual, very engineer minded. Whereas the the woman is, norm, is again, generally speaking, more intuitive, more nurturing, more life-giving qualities, more like sort of holistically brained rather than linear brained so more intuitive rather than engineer brained because again she'd have been gathering the nest building things nurturing the children life-giving qualities while the man traditionally the hunter would have been out hunting the food and the lion and being practical again just understanding it having a loose awareness i'm not saying we should be living our lives like that now i'm just saying that it's, it's good to have an innate understanding about what we would have been doing for billions of years with what society is now pushing us in a route to do now. Um, yeah, again, again on the last episode, just understanding the masculine, feminine energies. Yeah, it's okay for men and women to, to work it up the workplace and both being the masculine, but it's about understanding the balance and getting it right. Um, yeah. So going back to the screen times, you know, when you're looking at a screen and you're fixing on a screen all day, you're giving a signal to your brain that you're in some kind of state of fear because 
when you're fixed on something, back when we were hunting, you know, going back to your roots again, you were fixed on something, a prize, and you were hunting it. So you were in a state of fear and vigilance because you were fixed on a prize, focused, very narrow vision. So then we're looking at the screens now in this day and age, and we're in this mild state of fear because that's decoding back to us saying, well, I'm fixed on something here. I must be in a state of a little bit of fear. Whereas that's why you get outside, you look at the vast environments, you look at the green fields and the and the sunsets of the horizon, you feel calm. And there's a reason for that is because you've got this relaxed gaze. You're not fixed on anything. So therefore, that's going into your decoded evolution of saying, I must be relaxed here. I must be at ease. There's no threats. There's no predators coming for me. It's key to understand that like it's important there's a reason you feel good while you're looking at a sunset it's not just because it's a pretty sun there's a re it does something to your insides and it's it's fascinating um you know as i said earlier zoom meetings great like we live in a world now where it lends ourselves to working from home we have zoom meetings but understand that you can't set your life up like that there's something we get face to face from a person where we feel their emotions we actually vibe off them. They are putting vibrations out. We are too, and, and they are, and we're vibing, and we're, we're having a connection, and it's important. It really is. Um, <clears throat> so again, it's just about the balance. It's about understanding that modern-day society has got its role. You know, We need to have technology. We need to have Instagram. We need to have what we've got. But if we set our lives up for pleasure then we'll feel unfulfilled because we aren't wired for pleasure. We're wired to prove ourselves and overcome challenges. And that's why we feel so good. That's why, like, you shouldn't seek pleasure or happiness. That's good when you get it fleetingly. It is, don't get us wrong. But we should seek fulfillment because fulfillment and contentment is what lasts a lifetime. It lasts, it's deep-rooted and nobody can take that away. Somebody could walk in your house and remove the pizza from you, right? Or they could shut your internet off and you haven't got Instagram. Nobody can take away the fact that you've overcome something and proved yourself and done something. Nobody can take that away because it's not a tangible thing. It's a deep-rooted feeling that you've got. And you can get that however you want, you know, by setting up your life in a way to overcome things, get good habits, you know. Like I said, get a cold shower in the morning. Get a cold shower in the morning, make your bed with pride. You're setting the day up to be a winner. Nobody can take that back from you. And even if you've had a shitty day, you still get home to a nicely made bed and a feeling that you've done something fearful in the morning. Like, absolute, yeah, what else can you want more than that? Um, you know, but branching off from that, you can do more things. You can create a practice where you go to the gym, building your body, reading books, um, you know, all sorts of things you can do. Like, I've talked about habits before, Um we are built to overcome things, not to have pleasure. And it's like Andrew Huberman says, you know, that there's actually, literally speaking, in your brain, the pleasure and the pain are on a balance. They're on like a scales. So, and everything seeks balance and homeostasis. So if you live a life that's constantly seeking pleasure on the computer games, watching the porn, buying things on retail therapy, whatever it may be, there's, God, there's so much things now with pleasure. You're tipping the scales towards the pleasure. So what's going to have to happen? In order to gain the balance, you're going to have to have some pain. So your body will give out some kind of pain, whether that's like a dullness of anxiety or a, a hangover after the drink or a crash after the pleasure or the 
I don't know, there's always some kind of crash after the pleasure. Now, if you seek things out for overcoming fear and getting over the small pains, whether that's like going to the gym, having a cold shower, um, putting yourself out there and doing a talk or a course that you've been putting off for a long time, you're getting over these fears and these pains, so you're tipping the scales to that end, whereas that's going to tip the scales the other end for the pleasure to create the balance, so that means your life's going to be pleasurable. So you're not going to be having these artificial pleasures like pizza or whatever I've already mentioned, got to keep saying pizza, I'm going to get one tonight now, aren't I? Um, but you're not going to have these artificial pleasures, you're going to have a deep-rooted sense of pleasure that's coming from your hormones getting released automatically, so the dopamine that's going to be naturally coming from your body and self-generated, like get high on your own supply, not an artificial one, like yeah, like it's just, this subject to me, like I could go, I could talk for hours about it because it's just understanding how you are wired as a human and understanding how you can tap into that and literally overcome your whole your own like state so understanding that is so important and start by reading the book called the, the ape that understood the universe like that will give you a good basis of understanding evolutionary psychology and how it will sort of how you can use it in so many ways and I guess you'll you'll look at your life in a different way everything you do you'll sort of like take a moment and be like oh that's why I done that you know that's why I was behaving in that way or that's why that person done that it'll make you see the world in a different way and it, in a way it makes the, the your life more enjoyable it just makes every moment more enjoyable and everything a little bit more deep and meaningful um so yeah, what I would say is I would give some bullet points. Get natural light, if you can, throughout the day. Like, just get out on walks. Don't spend too much time indoors. Because I guarantee you, if, if you're feeling low, just have a checklist and think, right, okay, when was the last time I got outdoors for a little walk? When was the last time I got some natural light? When was the last time I was part of a group and I had a vibe with a, a group of people and a bit of a laugh? When was the last time I'd, like, done a random act of kindness and was kind to somebody or actually give somebody five minutes of my time, like, not wanting anything back? Like, when was the last time I moved and expressed my body? When was the last time I actually danced in the kitchen or sang or done something primitive? Now, by that, what I mean is something, like, almost a little bit expressive and, like... I don't know, like, I keep on saying, like, dancing and singing, like, that's important. I know some people might be like, oh, I'm not much of a dancer, I'm not much of a singer, but just do it, like, in the kitchen on your own, like, nobody's there, like, it feels good. Just shake your body, dance, it'll just come natural to you, and I think that is how we are wired to express things through the body. Um, you know, a lot of these stored emotions do store in the body, as I've said on the one of the last podcasts, the body keeps the score, and you're shaking these things out by expressing yourself and it does matter, it does really help. And it's like, you look at the elements, you've got fire, water, air and earth. Like, there's a reason why we are drawn to these as humans, like, deep-coated. Like, we love heat, we love to be around a campfire. Sat around a campfire, it does something to you, it's, it's, it does something to you deep within that you can feel and... 
you can't even put your finger on what it is, probably because it's just been coded in us for so long that we all sat around campfires, you know. I mean, God, as humans, we invented fire. It was the first thing that we invented that's changed everything as to where we've got to today. It was probably the monumental moment within civilization of once we invented fire, we were like, right, our consciousness and our lives can then progress to a point that's, you know, knows no limits. So, yeah, that's why you feel good when you buy a fire. Like, water... Like, cold water therapy, there's a reason you feel so good when you're in water. Like, water, believe it or not, it's got its own consciousness. It's got its own vibration when you're in water. And it's come naturally from the earth and from the water cycle. Like, it feels very healing to be in water. Like, air. Like, air is our energy. Breath. Like, breath is your life force. It's a reason it feels good after you've done breath work. It's free. You know, you're not having to exchange any money. You just, you've got your own breath and you've always got that. The earth... The earth, got it, the earth has got its own gravitational energy field. You know, that's why grounding is so good when you take your shoes off and you go in the earth, soil, like barefoot walking. There's a reason for that. It feels good. You can't explain what it is, but it does. And, you know, there's a lot of studies now about the grounding that when you're among the technology and the Wi-Fi and that, it coagulates your blood. And when you go walking on the earth, on the soil, with your bare feet, you are literally grounding and sort of getting rid of any negative effects if you look at a plug in the socket in the wall it's always got an earther on it hasn't it that's because it downs any sort of static or whatever you want to call it energy electricity down into the ground you're essentially doing that as a human as well when you walk with your bare feet like what more could you say than that um but yeah as i say integrate these things with society i'm not telling anyone to go out and start living like a like an airport and walking barefoot holding a spear in the street or dancing around campfires like, well, yeah, you could dance around a campfire, that'll be good. But, yeah, just have a balance. Look at your primitive deficit. And if anything, go away today and think, how far have I strayed away from my human needs? How far have I strayed away from my primitive self? Because I've spent billions of years, our ancestors have spent billions of years de actually coding these behaviours in us. And then now, we're living in a boxed office, like just seeking pleasures and it shouldn't be like that it should be back to your roots and getting a balance so yeah this podcast's gone on for quite a long time so i'm aware of that i'm going to end with a poem which is what i always do um although i am aware that the last couple of episodes i maybe haven't because i've just been a bit conscious of time so yeah if you bear with us i'm going to get a poem up that i wrote it's called the elements Disconnected to ourselves, because we've lost touch with the earth. Walk barefoot and feel grounded. You'll soon see what it's worth. Camp around a fire and watch the embers glow. Your problems are non-existent around nature's fireworks show. Feel limitless in water as you swim wild and free. Like a child for the first time you are starting to see. Breathe deeply to gain power, so in stressful times you'll thrive. These connections with nature shows what it means to be alive. Thank you for listening. And again, until next time, stay loving, stay conscious and stay true to yourself.